seconds and, and you don't have to know the person if you would just right where you're standing I like this if you would just begin to leap right where you're standing come on if you would just begin to leap right where you're standing yes sir yes sir your neighbor catch the joy if you begin to leap right where you're standing your neighbor just might catch that joy says sometimes you gotta leap for joy and sometimes you got to leap for your neighbor. Come on, high five your neighbor and say, let's have church. Hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. I say, what a mighty God we serve. Uh-huh. I just, I want to I take a few minutes this morning, just a few minutes because I've got to make it personal. <laughs> Around this time last year. <laughs> I said around this time last year. While y'all was having church. I was laid up in a hospital. On a hospital bed. I was, I was laid up on a hospital bed, couldn't eat anything. I know you can't tell it now, but I couldn't eat anything back then. Had to chew on some ice. I said, I want to be at 904 East Main Street. God says, you're right where I need you. I've got to change your mind. I've got to change some things before you get back. But today in 2019, I've got the activity of my limbs. I can move. I sure can eat. I want to tell you that God is good. God is good. God is good. That was just a short 60 second testimony service. Now that was for me. Some of you in here need to make it personal. Because if you think just not last year, but for some of you think about last week, some of you in here think about last night, that God still saw fit to wake you up this morning let you know that you rose with him and we are one in Christ Jesus put your hands together for Jesus one more time hallelujah amen I'm going to preach and get out your way amen I've already done it it's, it's Holy Ghost time <laughs> 
take those few seconds to give God praise. Amen. It's time to preach. It's time to preach. But before I do so, I want to give honor to God who is over everything that we have and all that we do. Amen. He just loaned it to us so that we could be good stewards over it. Today, uh, preach a different message. Amen. Something that's on my heart. See what the Holy Ghost has to say to you. <laughs> to the ones that are streaming on the World Wide Web, God bless you this morning. As you tune in, and if you're compelled to give your life to Christ while you're streaming this morning, please do so. Don't wait to get to the church. You have to become the church. Uh, do we have any first-time visitors here this morning? Amen. If you would, please stand. I won't ask you to come up front. I, come on, stand. Stand, raise your hand. Amen. Amen. Come on. It's too many to count. Come on, beyond measure. How do we feel about our first-time guests? Man, I don't see anybody moving to embrace you, but God bless you, and amen, we're never too busy or too many numbers to get about our seat and bless you, and if we have any guests here that don't have a seat, you will so kindly come to the front or over in the ministerial section, and we're going to get up and give you a seat, because that's what we do, Amen. And if there are no seats, please continue to stand. <laughs> Amen. But God bless you for visiting with us on the first time. And uh, we serve the same God no matter what denomination you come from. Amen. There's only one. And our home is your home. On the exit following service, we've got some treats for you out in the lobby. And make sure our hospitality and welcome team will serve you on your exit amen are you ready for the word amen 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 if you would uh, how about our youth mind team amen. praise God I, to my wife Lady Tiffany, amen, in the house. Kids and everybody here. Everybody here is family today. I'm going to preach so you can go eat your biscuits. Amen. <laughs> For those of you all that have your Bibles, if you would please stand. Turn with me to the book of Luke. If you don't have a Bible, please stand and hospitality will provide one for you. Just in case your electronic device loses its power, <laughs> the blood will never lose its power. Amen. That'll preach right there. Amen. I want to turn with me to the book of Luke, the 23rd chapter. <laughs> the book of Luke, the 23rd chapter. And if we have anybody standing, we have some other chairs. 
in the back here. Luke 23. Three crosses of Calvary. <laughs> 39. 23 and 39 reads, one of the disciples, I'm sorry, I was in a different text. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. 40 says, but the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God? He said, since you are under the same sentence. 41 says in closing, we are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man, this man has done nothing wrong. Let us pray. Oh God, we thank you for your presence. And we thank you for our space in the building. We seek to do your word no harm. So as I decrease and lay prostrate, I pray that you take total possession of me, Holy Spirit, and that you would have your way and that the people may receive your word with clarity, understanding, and direction. In Jesus' name, amen. Before you take your seats, if you would ask your neighbor, which thief do you represent? You may take your seats. If they look at you funny, oh yeah, we were in the same boat. Which thief do you represent? Well, some of y'all are shook. Let me say that again. No, no authorities is going to come in here. <laughs> Which thief do you represent? When I was pondering on this message and, and while we take a break from Destiny and Strongholds in those two different series, I was pondering on this message for this Sunday and uh, we as preachers like to preach certain things when we have a packed house. You're a preacher, I'll put it out there. And while we like to preach certain things to tickle your ears and make you move and groove a little bit. The Holy Spirit uh, presses us to preach and teach something that will stimulate your growth. And so, in preparation for this message, uh, this message has been stimulating or evolving for over 2,000 years. And many of us show up on Sunday, on Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday with certain expectations of what the pastor, preacher, evangelist is going to preach. But I come to tell you today that what I'm going to preach today is going to call for you to make a decision. A decision that will per se be your final decision of destination. This decision that you will make today if you hadn't made one already would be a decision that would change your life in its entirety. 
In fact, the decision that you will make today will change everything that you have going on in your life, be it good or bad. Jesus was, we know it, was crucified between two thieves, two criminals, if you will, and these men were men who had committed robbery and murder. These two men were sentenced to death. We just read it in Luke 23. It says, the gospel says that uh, it lays out this particular drama, and we like drama. It lays out this drama with Jesus Christ between two thieves, a man on his right and a man on his left. With these two men on the right and the left, Jesus is in the center, which lets me know that eternity is at stake. And I've come to the conclusion that you can be wrong about some choices in life and survive them, but this decision, you do not have time to be wrong about. Do I have a witness? This is a choice that we cannot afford to be wrong about. Talk to me. So which of these crosses do you belong on? Are you the thief on the left or are you the thief on the right? Somebody in their uh, great intelligence said, well, pastor, I'm neither. Well, I beg to differ because the Bible says that we've all fallen short of the glory. In other words, it doesn't matter. I feel like I'm going to come up out my tie because I hadn't wore a tie on stage in a while. It, it doesn't matter uh, where you come from, it doesn't matter the denomination, it doesn't matter your ethnicity, your nationality, it, it doesn't matter any of those things. What matters is the decision that you make concerning survival. We are told in chapter 23, verse 39, that one of the criminals were hanging there, was hurling abuse at him saying, are you not the Christ? Save yourself but the other one answered and rebuked him, saying, having a fight on the, each side of Jesus. The other one rebuked him, saying, do you not even fear God that you were under the same sentencing of condemnation and we indeed justly, watch this, have received what we deserve for our deeds? But this man has done nothing wrong and he was saying, Jesus, remember me as you come into your kingdom. What's interesting I want to share with you this morning is that we read Matthew's account of the gospel and Mark's account of the same event. They give us one verse, watch this, but it does not tell us as much as Luke told us, but it does tell us in both Matthew and Mark, Mark your Bible, still taking notes on the Resurrection Sunday, it does tell us in Matthew and Mark that both criminals, watch this, was mocking him. Now, we don't really get that from Luke. In Luke, we get that one criminal was mocking him and the other criminal was not. I'm teaching a little bit this morning. In other words, they started down the same road, but they came to what we like to call a fork in the road. Does it sound familiar? And one criminal went one way and the other criminal went the other way. Which side of the cross are you on? Which criminal do you represent? They started out with the crowd, the Bible says, and 
You see, it's possible, watch this, to be in the same service and not go away with the same message. Mm -hmm. Both criminals were there. Both criminals heard what they heard and saw what they saw, but they did not conclude the same thing. Sounds like denominational battles. Which thief are you? Now, I want the parallel real quick before you go home and eat your biscuits. I want to parallel these two thieves if you don't, if you allow me to have time, because the first criminal was not willing to come to grips with his sinfulness. And there's always a problem when you mistake sins for mistakes. We live in a culture now that we don't want to call it sin and we don't want to call sin sin. And so when we step outside the will of God, instead of calling it sin, we like to call it a mistake. Oh God, I just made a mistake. Pastor, I just made a mistake. Well, here's the deal. You don't have to tell me anything because I don't have a heaven or hell to put you in. So I don't know why we keep coming to church trying to see the priest when the veil has already been ripped and torn from the top to the bottom. And there's only one that can put us in a heaven or hell. You've got to get right with yourself and Jesus Christ concerning your final destination. The second criminal says, uh, for we are condemned justly. The first criminal was saying that we aren't all that bad. We're going to be okay. But the second one says, oh, yes, we are. We have sinned and we're supposed to be right here. We're supposed to be executed. We're supposed to be on the cross. But this one that's in between us should not be here. Your understanding, our understanding of sin and falling short has been skewered. We have taken things out of the text to put certain things in the text to make the text read and sound the way we wanted to sound. I mean, we in the body of Christ have totally uh, changed the word of God. We walk around as if we're just good. We walk around as if we hadn't done anything. We walk around with a non-repentant heart. We walk around prideful. Oh, we don't like this message today. We walk around in, in so much suffering that we put on this facade, I told you before. And what happens is you end up carrying what we call a fake ID. Faking as if you're somebody, but living the truth that you are not. There's a struggle here because we don't want our neighbor to see the real us. But Jesus said, if you're going to come through and be saved and have the final destination that I offer you, then you're going to have to strip down with all that mess that you put on yourself and allow me to come in. Oh, God. Our understanding has been changed. It has shifted. The Bible is clear that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If the standard, watch this, if the standard was for all of us to walk all day on our hands, none of us would be good enough. I mean, really, if you look at your neighbor, your neighbor may stand on his or her hands a little longer than you. But the truth of the matter is, is none of us would be able to walk on our hands all day. Why? Because you were not created to walk on your hands all day. So what I'm saying is God has raised the standard so high that you being a human being cannot reach. It's called the standard of holiness. Woo! They're going to worry right there, Pastor. I didn't know we was going to do that. I thought we was contemporary, but the Bible is still the Bible. 
I know I'm talking to a lot of millennials, but there's a standard that God has raised. And it's called the standard of holiness. And, and, and he has raised the bar so high that he came to the realization that you and I could not reach it. So what he did was, is that he sent and provided a substitute for us to get to that destination. Talk to me, saints. He provided a substitute to get to that place. And through Jesus, by way of the Holy Spirit, now has come that is on earth. He provides us an assistance to obtain that which we cannot of ourselves. Talk to me. Oh, I got to go on. I feel good and y'all won't let me go there. I got to teach a little bit more. On your best day, on your best day, you cannot, let me say this to everybody in its entirety, on your best day, you cannot uphold the standard of righteousness and holiness that God has laid for you on your best day. Because if you could do it, if you could do it, you would need God to intervene in your life. I mean, if we could do it, and I'm so sick and tired of people, especially church folk, can I talk a man? I'm so sick and tired of us walking around as if we got this under control, we can handle it, life is good, life is a bliss. No, no, no. You have struggles, you just haven't shared them with anybody yet. And the same person that you condemn because they're in the closet, you still have struggles yourself. I know you come to church every Sunday, yeah, yeah, at every Bible study, you have perfect attendance in the church, but the real fact of the matter is, is that you are a human being. <sighs> okay, okay. Y'all come from the perfect church. Mm -hmm. <sighs> we have, we have this understanding in the text that the second criminal did that and he had the issue of sin. And the amazing thing about this is that sin can never be measured against somebody else. But the issue of sin is always measured against the holy standard of God. And so while you're in your mess, stop allowing people to point out and highlight your struggles. Because you don't have to deal with other people and what they say. But what you got to deal with is the holiness and standards of God. You've got to make a decision to live right. In him I live. In him I live. The first man, as we continue on with this parallel, didn't really understand who the man was in the middle. <laughs> but the second one did. The first man was making insults at him. And he says, aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us what kind of king are you hanging here with us the second man understood he was nah man this ain't no i thought i was calante <laughs> this 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 <laughs> this ain't no ordinary man here this is not a criminal there's something different about this man which lets me know, thank you, Holy Ghost, that he goes from this religious act and this religion to relationship. He says there's something different about this man. You see, religion would have kept him on the cross in your mindset, right? But he says there's something different about this man. In other words, the second criminal is saying he does not deserve to be here. We watch the Passion of the Christ uh, the other night 
on Thursday night in lieu of our Bible study, hoping that parents and children would come out. And we had a, a great number of folk, but we were missing a great number of people. Talk to me. Amen. If you wasn't here, don't raise your hand. We know you wasn't here. And uh, we, 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 we put that on for educational purposes so that we could uh, explain to our children what had taken place and what is going on. And it, it, it baffles me because we come to church Sunday after Sunday and we do all these things with the church and we go to the movies and many of us many years ago went to the movies to see the passion of the Christ and we look at all these stories and we look at the Ten Commandments and we do this and do that and however, out of all these things that we do, we still don't have a true understanding of who he is. I mean, out of all the years you've come to church, I feel like I'm going to get off right now, but all the years that you've come to church and all the Bible studies and all of the 66 books that you've memorized and all the scriptures that you quote and all the t-shirts that you wear, and we're a t-shirt church, talk to me, and all these Bibles that you have on your shelf and the Bible that you have in your phone and the one that you have in your pocketbook and the one that you have in your back pocket and the scriptures that you have on your socks and everything that you have on your t-shirt up under your shirt and tie and all those things, I can't understand how is it that we still don't know who he is oh I feel like I feel like preaching now I feel like preaching I, I got I got a few more minutes I got a few more minutes and so we get to this place and we don't really understand the meaning and the purpose of the cross and it's not that we don't really understand the cross we don't understand the meaning and the purpose of the man on the cross a lot of us understand the cross in that sense because we understand it to the place that we wear them around the neck. Amen. We put it all on the t-shirt. Some of us have chains to our feet. I mean, we put it on the front of the car. We put it everywhere across our computer screen. But we don't really understand the execution and the crucifixion. We don't understand the purpose and the premise behind what took place. So let me just let you in on a little secret. One thing is one thing to respect Jesus but it's another to know that he's the son of the living God it's one thing to believe that he was a great man and many of us applaud Jesus but it's another to believe that he's God in the flesh it's one thing to believe that he's a good example and this example of Jesus that we show our kids Jesus baby in a manger meek and mild but it's another thing to see Jesus on fire it said that he had eyes of fire in revelation it's another to believe that he's the eternal lamb of God which side of the cross do you belong which thief do you represent the first man wanted to be delivered from his present situation save yourself and us you get us off this cross, take us with you. If you're the son of God, like you say you are, get us out of this mess. Sound like some folks in the church and on the street mixed together. The, the first criminal also says only he only saw Jesus as good enough to fix his earthly problems. We come in here and we try to seek Jesus out as if he's the bank, <laughs> the marketplace, the mall, if you will. To see what we can get out of it. But when things start flowing from heaven and the manna stops falling, we want to go back to our religious acts and ways. Only want to come to church every now and then when we feel like it. Only want to show up when we have service at sunrise. Talk to me. <laughs> Only want to show up when we're having and we're eating something. Talk to me. See, we don't like this message, but I'm going to preach it anyhow today. 
He says, remember me. When you come into your kingdom, the other criminal says, which side are you on? He understood that there was something bigger beyond his present problems. There is an eternity out there that I have to face. Many people want Jesus today to deliver them, watch this, out of their cross situation. Deliver me from my financial problems. I'm going to come down your road in a minute. I know you said this. Deliver me from my marital problems. Deliver me from my personal desires, Jesus. Deliver me out of my health problems. I'm sick. Deliver me from my addictions. Deliver me from church folks. I know you said it. Deliver me from my enemies. That's quoting scripture. Jesus, just give me what I need in this life so that I can be great. I'm sick of having problems. I'm sick of going through pains. I'm sick of going through struggles. And I'm sick of people. Did I say what you said? Hey, Amen. I know you said it before. What if Jesus had given up on us when he was being beaten for us? What if Jesus had stood up and said, okay, I've had enough. I've lied. Everything I've shared, that's not me and that's not God. I mean, what if Jesus had thrown in the towel? What if Jesus had done these things that we do. Watch this. It says in Matthew and Mark, while describing this scene, that the criminals joined in with mocking, with the mocking of the crowd. The criminals. In fact, in verse 35, it says that the people were looking and the rulers were sneering. <laughs> verse 37 says... If, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. So what the first criminal does, watch this, is join the crowd. But you got to understand to never ever let the crowd take you to hell. A lot of us are pressed by peers and we do things just to hook up with the crowd. We do things because it sounds good or it looks popular, right? And we do those things to go along with the crowd. But there comes a time in your life as an individual that you have to make a decision yourself. Let's go a little deeper for my clothes. Watch this. The second thief says to Jesus Christ, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Say that again. I heard 10 people. He says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus now answers the thief. Truly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. Truly, I say to you today that you will be with me in paradise. Just with that statement alone, your life can be totally changed. I mean, 100% transformed. I want to serve notice on the skeptics with the skepticism now in the body of Christ. Because it has turned a belief system of non-truth. I want to serve notice on some folks today because he said today. He said, somebody said today. You will be with me in 
paradise. The reason why I want to serve notice is because I have you to notice that the thief didn't have time to be baptized. Okay, we got a bunch of millennials. Y'all didn't catch that one. He said, today you will be with me in paradise. Teach a little bit, pastor. Let's preach a little bit. He said, today you will be with me in paradise. He didn't have time to be baptized, so let's remove that myth. He didn't have time to work to make it into heaven or to make heaven his home. Throw that out the window. He didn't have time to put on all this shirt and tie and this three-piece suit. He didn't have time to go and get a haircut, to go and put some tracks in her hair, to put on her makeup. He didn't have time to put on all these things just to make it right. He didn't have time to fix all of his mistakes. You know how you hear it all the time? Pastor, I'm coming to church when I get it right. He didn't have time to make it right. He didn't have time to get his life together. He didn't have time to read all 66 books of the Bible. He didn't have time to look and say, hold on, let me go to seminary before I preach the gospel. He didn't have time to let me figure out which denomination I want to be a part of. He didn't have time to do all those things. Put on the right shoes, put on the right socks, put on the salvation belt. He didn't have time. He said today, today, somebody say today. He didn't have time to be a part of every auxiliary in the church. He didn't have time to go in and try to seek out titles to put on these different badges. He didn't have time, preachers, to put on a preacher's collar. He didn't have time to dress it all up. He said, will you remember me? Will you remember me when you come into your kingdom? Somebody say today, he didn't have time to make it right, to sing the right notes to be in the choir. He didn't have time to try out for a praise scene. He didn't have time to be on the usher's board, to become a deacon, to be a minister in the house. He didn't have time. Jesus said today, watch this. Could it be, could it be that none of these things that we put up here as prerequisites to make it into the kingdom of heaven. Could it be that none of these things really matter? When it comes to your eternal salvation, I mean, talk to me somebody. Okay, I still got some skeptics in the building. I want you to understand, watch this, that Jesus told this thief on the cross, he said today, I can't get rid of somebody say today. Today, you will be with me in paradise watch this now he didn't ask him to go change his clothes i'm talking to the church today he didn't ask him to change his appearance he didn't ask him what was his nationality he didn't ask him what was his race he didn't ask him to be gender specific he didn't ask him what his religion was he didn't ask him how old or young are you he didn't ask him about the color of his skin he didn't ask him about his disabilities etc 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 he says to Today, you will be with me in paradise. If, if we had to keep all ten commandments, the thief would have never gone to heaven. Watch this. If we had to be qualified 
to go through a course, then the thief would have never been able to go to heaven. All this stuff that we put together is a struggle. Watch this. The Bible says that it's not by works of righteousness in which you have done. People think that their good works will help them, but there is no opportunity for good works here. All he did was turn his head, look to Jesus, and he says, Jesus, remember me. Remember me. Watch this. He didn't say remember us. Right now, he says, remember me. See, you can't be worried about the crowd because every now and then, in all ways, you need a personal savior I know mama may be in heaven I know daddy may be in heaven but you can't get to heaven on their good graces you gotta make a declaration a decision to follow Christ and deny thyself I mean this criminal must have been really bad to earn the right to be crucified watch this to earn the right to be crucified you really have to offend Rome study the text he was a bad boy but in his words he turns to Christ and he says remember me yes I've robbed yes I've stole yes I've killed let me come down your row yes I've smoked dope yes I've been out in the field sexing because it felt good smoking and drinking I've been here I've been there you were there too you've been in those places you've been in those areas you've been in the back alley you've been in the closet you've been under those sheets you've been in that bed but Jesus when you say it remember me remember me he comes to the realization that Jesus had the ability to remember him he calls him by name listen he says Jesus he comes to the realization that Jesus has the ability because he called him by name he came to the place and says when you come into your kingdom so he believes that Jesus wasn't going to stay dead I believe this is what he says I believe that when this is over you're going somewhere and when this life is over take me with you four things that happened here he believed who Jesus was he believed in a sense that Jesus was sinless number three he believed that there would be a resurrection I mean that's change on the cross I mean when you carry your cross there's change in your life and number four number four he believed that he was the savior and that he would take him with him Jesus responds I told you in your text, maybe it says, surely I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. In my final close, I want to say to you that some of us struggle with our final destination. Some of us who've been in church all our life know all the scriptures. We still struggle 
we're wondering and we worry about what happens when I die. <laughs> Do I stay in the grave? You gotta make a decision today. Do I sit there and rot? You gotta make a decision today. What happens when I die? He told the man, he said, today. He didn't say 10, he didn't say 100, he didn't say 1,000. He said, today, you shall be with me in paradise. He says, remember me today. But wait a minute, Jesus. I thought on Friday when you died, you weren't getting up until Sunday. Somebody say today. Which means that Jesus did not wait till Sunday. Talk, Pastor. To rise from the dead. He said today. I said he didn't wait until Sunday to rise. He said today. You see, Jesus boldly rose on Sunday. But spiritually, Jesus never died. His, his physical body died on Friday. I want you to take note of this. But remember, Jesus is the God-man. He's the son of the living God. He was spiritually alive. And how can that be? How can that be, Pastor? The Bible tells us that he died, but it also tells us that he did some things on Saturday. Watch this. On Friday, he gave his life for our sins. On Saturday, the Bible says that he went to hell to proclaim victory over the demonic realm. Watch this. Ephesians 4 says that he led a host of captives and he took all of the Old Testament saints who had believed in his coming to begin his Uber and Lyft service. See, you thought that Uber and Lyft just started, but on Saturday, he Ubered the saints up to glory. On Saturday, he gave them a lift up to glory. While they were held yet captive, he gave them a lift up to glory. So between Friday and Sunday, Uber will never be the same give us the royalties from it it was Jesus Jesus idea Jesus was busy transporting all of those saints to glory he says today today I want to tell you today tell you today that you've already made the decision now speak to your body to say move there are some of you here who are struggling with the decision you know where you want to go when you die you just don't know when to make the right move. But no man knows the day nor the hour. And so obviously slow that Jesus thought that you were worth saving. And so that put him in a place in a position for his daddy to send his son. God man in the flesh. 
to save you and I. If you're here today, everybody's standing. If you're here today, it's that serious. If you never come back to this place again, I hate to tell you, but it's not about the place. If you're here today and you're compelled, there's a push, there's a talk for you to give your life to Christ. They're already coming. I'm asking you to come. Come on, while the saints of God are clapping, I'm asking you to come. I know you've done some things that you're wrestling with. Come. He says today. Come on, keep clapping as they come. He said today. He says today. You don't have to have on the right clothes. You don't have to have the right life. You don't have to have the right edifice. He says today. He says today. Why don't you come today? If everybody would help me minister here today. If you would help me minister today. Just reach over and whisper to your neighbor and ask them. Are you saved? Come on. Everybody, are you saved? If they don't know or they told you no. Tell them today is a good day. Run on down here to the altar. Come. So you come. Come on, put your hands together as they come. Come. So I be free. Come. Move the chairs out the way. Come. Come. Who's the one wheel? Come. You So you Today is the best day of your life. Today is the best day of your life. Come on, everybody clapping. Everybody clapping. You've got time. Everybody clapping. God. Praise God. They have made a decision. Praise God. They have made a decision to live for the King of Kings. I said, come. Somebody is still saying, Pastor, you don't know my situation. That's you. You don't know my situation, Pastor. I've been saved before. He said, Pastor, I've been saved. I says, the Bible says that he's married to the backslider. You've gone back on your word, but Jesus never goes back. Jesus says, come. Jesus says, come. Whosoever will, Jesus says, come. I know you were saved many years ago. You're still saved, but you still need to repent. Come. If you need to rededicate your life, why don't you come? Come on, they're coming. Clap, clap, clap. They're coming. They're coming. They're coming. 
about your brother and your sister having a final place of destination there's only two places that is heaven or hell I don't care how the church dresses it up I don't care how the body of Christ has turned it there's only two places how many are on this altar how many souls have been retrieved, replenished, revived. If you're still standing in here and you're still thinking about making that decision, there is nothing to think about because you're never going to get it right. You're never going to get it right gotta come so the Holy Ghost can help you make decisions in your life I don't care what they tell you I want everybody on the altar to see the scripture in the text if my media team can put Romans 10 and 9 on the screen if, if you all could put it on the screen if you're streaming and you've made a decision to give your life to Christ today is the best day of your life today is the best day of your life I want everybody on this altar to have contact with a minister I want all the ministers here. I know we've got, gotten out of place and we're in this position now where we don't carry Bibles. I want you to get your Bibles and show these individuals on this altar where the scripture is and where it lies. Come, come, come. Romans 10 and 9. Romans 10 and 9. I want to say to you all today that it doesn't matter what church you belong to. However, if you don't belong to a church, get into a church that can help you grow that can help you grow in the word of God get to a place where the word is being taught get into a place where the word of God is being taught so that we can rise you cannot rise without teaching amen elders if, if we're out of elders amen where, where the ministers at from beyond measure where the ministers at come man of God come come on bring your Bibles bring your Bibles this is important this is important yeah if we don't have enough ministers deacons deaconess if we don't have enough deacons and deaconess get your own Bible show them the text The scripture says that if thou confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. 
you shall be saved. You shall be saved. If you believe it in your heart and confess it with your mouth, you shall be saved. Come on, church. Put your hands together. Most important here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. They don't have a Bible. Give them the Bible. Give them the Bible. If they don't have a Bible, give them the Bible. I want to pray. I, I want to pray. I want to pray. I want to pray. Before I pray, put your hands together for these new converts. Yes. Look at your neighbor and say, it's worth it. It's worth it. On today, let's pray. I want you to grab hands of your neighbor. Grab the hands of your neighbor. Come on, even standing on this altar. This is beautiful. This is beautiful. I mean, come on. This is, this is where we're supposed to be, saints. Yeah. We don't just rise on Resurrection Sunday. <laughs> but because he is risen... We rise daily with Christ. <laughs> I said we rise daily with Christ. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, God, thank you for the men and women that are on this altar, the, the youth that are on this altar. God, I ask, I pray, I petition that you would cover them and saturate them with your love saturate them with your presence create a base create a wall of protection around them as the enemy seeks to kill and destroy God continue to pour into us continue to give us life continue to free our minds continue to loose us from the hands and the claws of the enemy now as I get ready to leave this place that I'm standing in thank you because your word tells us that even if we leave the place that we're standing in that we will never leave our position concerning who we are in you Christ Jesus you said that we have been raised and that we're seated with you God the Father and Jesus who's sitting at the right hand we have been raised with authority and rulership over Satan that tells me that each and every one of you all have the right and the authority that you don't have to wait to get here on Sunday you don't have to wait for somebody from the church to call you you don't have to wait to be on a praise team to praise God you don't have to wait until you go to seminary school you don't have to get into any type of study right now right now you've been given authority amazing thing about it is it doesn't matter where you come from it doesn't matter what you've done because we've all been a part of the doing but God in his 
absolute grace his protection oh, and his mercy the Bible says that his grace is sufficient enough for all of us and for God we live for God we die God we love you we embrace you and we want to be able to lift you up no matter the place that we go no matter the atmosphere we find ourselves in every now and then send us a reminder that you are God and that you are the ultimate supreme being over our lives show us to stay connected and let everything that we do that we do it not for self gratification but we do it all for your glory and for that we say thank you we bless you we lift you up and thank you for the blood of Jesus come on put your hands together say amen amen amen